You are listening to the Consig Fireside Chat Podcast, where the Consig Global Sales Mercenaries get to have a quick moment with the best in the business from around the world. Be sure to check out our website at www.consig.com for more details. If you want to be a guest on the show, please reach out to podcast at consig.com. We hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, welcome to Consig Fireside Chat. This is William, and today we have a special guest, Johan Polhem, the Executive Director of Content for Adam. Johan, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. And thanks very much for having me. Yeah, it was great to uh, bump into you. I think we saw each other in um, in Auckland, New Zealand. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was a fun uh, little coincidence. Yeah, I met you and I said, hey, you know what? I think we should bring you on the podcast. So here you are, not even a few weeks later. <laughs> that's right. Well, thanks again. I appreciate it. I'm excited. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I guess if we get started, like, now, how do you describe your industry? Like, what what is your background? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question, actually. So the industry I'm in now could be classified as Web3, which is basically, you know, anything that's related to blockchain, crypto, NFTs, and of course, uh, anything that's metaverse. So it's sort of the space where Facebook is, uh, or Meta now is putting all their eggs in that basket. My background is in basically content creation. So uh, in film and also in post-production. So I've had my own businesses in that space in Sydney and in Singapore as well. Cool. So um, yeah, so tell us like the most impactful story in your career. Uh, wow, that's, uh, that's a good question. And I think obviously it depends on impactful for whom. But I think the most, I guess, impactful event or maybe decision uh, in my career that I can have a story about is when I left um, the comfort of a very cushy job at Viacom. I was uh, working for uh, MTV at the time in the creative department. And I left that and I decided that I was going to start my own business. And I literally had no idea how to run your own business. And I thought it would to kind of be, you would automatically get clients and then you would do work. And the only difference would be that you had no boss. But uh, I learned, I guess I learned uh, over the next few years that being really good at something or thinking that you're really good at something and having and owning and running a business in that area are two completely different things. So I basically launched this business in like a content uh, production business in Sydney and it did really well. Um, although I was sort of learning on the run, kind of like building a plane while you're flying it. Um, it did really well and I had some good connections in Singapore. I expanded into Singapore and it did really well there as well. I think mostly because of timing, it was a time when Singapore didn't really have any international content production studios that were good. So we sort of went into that space as a combination of content creation and visual effects. And that was a big hit in Singapore. And then as luck would have it, this European juggernaut in this space called the Chimney Group at the time, they're called Edison now, 
they um, decided that they want to get into this geographical area. So they made us an offer to, to buy the business, which was also a really interesting uh, learning experience. And all this happened in the space of maybe three to four years. So I went from quitting my day job to launching a business that I had no idea what I was doing to having it sold in three years. And that's probably the craziest story in my career. Wow, amazing. Being able to sell it in three years, that's awesome. I mean, you know, I always uh, say this joke that, you know, no founder or first founder has ever done their job before. Like people just assume that the founder and CEO has been a founder and CEO before. No, they're learning just as much as everyone else might be. In fact, there's more people probably more experienced in their roles than, than we are in our roles. And, you know, you're kind of assuming things are going to go a certain way and they never do, right? So that's they really never, cool. ever do go your own way. And, you know, as you said, when you, when you start a business, I think it's really good that most people have no idea what they're getting themselves into. Because if you did, you probably wouldn't start a business. It's extremely complicated and it's very stressful. And there's a billion things that come at you that you had no idea even existed. Problems that you've never heard of, uh, cash flow issues. You know, it can be a million things and it's super stressful. At the end of the day, I'm happy I did it, but if I had all the information in front of me, I probably wouldn't. So I'm happy that um, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Absolutely. I mean, you know, starting a business is the most illogical thing you could ever do. And anybody who's listening to that point, definitely don't start a business. It's always the people <laughs> who don't listen to that point <laughs> that, that do. And they end up being, you know, successful as you are able to sell it. So that's amazing. So let's get on Adam a little bit. I mean, what are some of the key things you want the world to know about? Adam. So Adam is a super interesting business. Uh, it came or grew out of a New York-based, very traditional agency. So uh, in, it's called Invent, I-N-V-N-T. That's the parent company, so Invent Group. And they've been um, sort of one of the top event businesses in New York and, and Australia to a smaller extent for quite some time. Um, like they do very high-end, very great, uh, good clients, high budgets. And sort of at the same time as COVID started, uh, they had already been experimenting a little bit with virtual events. And as luck would have it, they were sort of a little bit on the forefront of that when uh, COVID came in, which basically stopped, for obvious reasons, all live events for quite some time. So the business sort of pivoted and created an arm of the business that was virtual events, which then became uh, metaverse and uh, Web3 uh, centric. So basically going from having a very traditional agency on the one hand, and this new part of the business, which is completely Web3. And as a business they have, or we have sort of invested quite a bit in building our own metaverses. Uh, we build our own virtual shopping mall. We've done some uh, NFT drops for Lamborghini. So worked with some really cool clients. And at the moment, even though this is a super new space where uh, not a lot of people at all have any experience, uh, this business, Adam, has is probably one of the best and at the most forefront of this space. We have a huge head start 
in front of our competitors. That's amazing. Wow. Um, very cool. And I was actually able to check out the, uh, the websites and, the, and a lot of the content, and it's, it's amazing stuff. Now, I know you're new to Adam. But you know, in terms of maybe your industry or your experience or what you've seen in, in, in your space, you know, how did COVID affect you? What has changed? And like, what are some lessons that you learned during that? We've all been in this pretty much black hole, right, for three years. It's like, hi, you know, last time I saw you was 2019. Uh, let me reintroduce myself. You, you know, we're still just kind of following up with people from 2019 now. You know, what what happened to you during those three years? And what do you see based in your industry, how that's affected things? Yeah, wow, that's, that is a, another great question. It's quite a big question. So um, for me, at, at the time uh, of COVID, when it broke out, I was living in Stockholm, Sweden, which had absolutely zero restrictions of any kind. Uh, one of the few countries in the world. Uh, but while I was living there, I was offered a job for... Uh, sort of super high-end visual effects studio in Sydney called Finn Design. So I, I moved back to Sydney sort of halfway through COVID. And it was a huge difference between Australia and Sweden. Australia is, is known as, as the nanny states of nanny states, maybe next to Canada, which is completely true. There's a lot of rules and they love their regulations. So everyone in, in Sydney at that point was working from home. And when you do something, for example, like uh, visual effects and especially super high-end visual effects, it's, it's quite a complicated type of task or job to move uh, to become a working from home job because everybody is working on these very high-powered computers, uh, all sharing the same server space that has you know, fiber optic or at least gigabit ethernet connections. And everybody's sitting in the same room generally. We have a couple of hundred people in the same space. And now we couldn't do that anymore. So everybody moved um, to work from home, which created uh, some, should we say, very interesting challenges because there was not a lack of work. And I think, in fact, we were asked to do more work because you couldn't do live action production. Pretty much all advertising moved into a visual effects or post-production style uh, product instead so as luck would have it or maybe it was good timing uh, amazon uh, studios they have their elastic cloud which is basically um, super fast cloud computing for visual effects so that was really interesting and how was to see how quickly and effectively we could adapt using these new tools that didn't exist maybe two three years before COVID. so basically Every single artist uh, from that company uh, moved home and worked from home. Uh, and using the, the Amazon Elastic, Elastic Cloud, which, although expensive, works super well. And we had 100 people working uh, from the comfort of their home. Now, the one I think that was the good thing about it, that's a positive, that it's actually you can adapt to working from home. I think one of the negative things that has been overlooked a lot, at least in my experience, is that Working from home is, is great for some roles and some functions. But I think when you look at overall in an office, I don't think, I think it's hugely inefficient uh, to work from home the whole time. I think it's, it comes with a lot of benefits for 
staff to come into the office at least a few days a week just to meet uh, and just to be able to talk to each other and to be able to mentor uh, more junior staff. So in my opinion, the whole working from home thing, I'm hoping that we go back a little bit to coming back into the office, which might be a hugely unpopular opinion, but as a, a sort of a senior member of, of, of the team, I, I, see, I see it as being hugely inefficient working from home. Interesting, interesting. So, you know, it seems like there's so many components to think about. And um, a lot of the, the purpose of this podcast is primarily not only to connect with the best and the brightest in the world, but, to, you know, also try to inspire some people so that, you know, they're looking to explore certain industries um, to really hear it from the actual individuals who are working in these spaces. So if you were to kind of speak to people who are looking to get into your industry, you know, what would be some things you would tell them to watch out for? What should they focus on and, you know, how do they grow? Um, another great question. How would pe what recommendations do I have for people to get into my industry? Well, um, there are two ways for me to look at that. One is from the visual effects side of you and content production side, which is my background and uh, where I am now, which is more of a Web3. Uh, there is a crossover between visual effects and Web3, especially when you look at the metaverse space, uh, which is primarily the building blocks right now or the big games, Unreal Engine. So let's say that you're, a, for argument's sake, that we're discussing somebody who wants to get into that space, maybe become an Unreal developer. Um, I think the whole, whole traditional way of getting your degree in, I don't know, multimedia, whatever expensive university is, if you want to get into this space, a complete waste of money and time. Uh, nobody's going to care uh, where you went to university or what you studied. The only thing that people look at in, in this industry is what are you capable of? What does your showreel look like? Um, you know, it's basically based on, on merit only nothing else so if nobody reads your cv they will only look at your reel so to get to that point right it's a lot of these jobs if you look at some super senior 3d developers technical directors uh coders as well to some extent that we use both across visual effects and the metaverse they're very well-paid jobs um i mean competitive salaries in if you compare to almost any other job um and if you have these capabilities, you're in huge demand, especially for certain software applications like Houdini and Unreal. You will get a job straight away and people will be fighting to hire you, at least now. But to get to that point, you have to sacrifice quite a lot. So becoming sort of a senior Unreal developer that is in demand, that has a great reel, it's not, I think, a nine to five job for the first few years of your career <clears throat> it's probably more of a work 100 hours a week until you have mastered your craft and so i don't think it's for everyone and the thing is if, if you're not extremely good or if you're not at the top then your prospects aren't that good you're not gonna get the great salary or work in the really cool companies on the really cool project so that, that would be my, I think, advice to, to anyone who wanted to get into, the, into my space or my industry. So if you're really, really driven, 
I think you'll do. I think you'll do well if you sacrifice your time in the start of your career. You can have a hugely <clears throat> impactful and fun career, but you've really got to want it. I love that. It's almost like a don't get good, be good. If you are good, it'll work. <laughs> so. yeah, it's true. You know, t talent have no has got no relevance with this. You you learn, right? It's nothing is innate. You, anyone can learn to get good at it. You just need to be driven. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I have an undergrad degree in international relations and Chinese politics, and then a grad degree in Mandarin Chinese, and I ended up working in tech. So <laughs> it's about what you're capable of doing, not necessarily what your degree says on the diploma, right? True. I, I've got a com uh, computer science degree, and here I am working in the metaverse. So it's, it's, it's like that. Yeah, I think for some jobs, you need a degree, right? If you want to become a lawyer, a doctor or a hedge fund manager, obviously you should get a degree, not only a degree, but also go to the best universities. Or if you want to be an engineer at certain tech companies, I'm sure having a degree from MIT or Caltech is hugely beneficial. But at the same time, I think a lot of university degrees are a huge waste of time and money, depending on what career path you, you want to take. Interesting. So you deal with so many cool brands, you're on these really cool projects and, you know, it seems like a lot of fun. I mean, how does somebody like you spend their downtime? Like, how do you maintain a work-life balance? It seems like, you know, uh, the, it's kind of like a dream job. You're able to deal with so many cool things all the time. What, what's your downtime like? Thanks. You know what? You're right. It is a bit of a dream job. Uh, it's, it's really, really fun. And yes, we work with super cool clients. The coolest one right now be, being Lamborghini, which is super exciting. Um, in terms of in terms of downtime, I think uh, this is something that I found uniformly across my industry for companies that are at the top uh, of the industry that know what they're doing. They will not. They will encourage that you take uh, downtime, right? So there's there is no working from. Um, you know, eight in the morning till 10 at night over and over and over again, because that burns people out. So we actually have a policy where I am now, you can't even send an email after hours or you will get reprimanded by HR, which I think, I think is great. So I do have a lot of uh, downtime, obviously at nights, but at weekends, I love traveling. I'm an avid golfer. I'm really shit at golf, but I really do enjoy uh, playing golf. I, I snowboard and ski when I can. And yes, I said, traveling is always fun. <clears throat> so I guess that would be my downtown. And I do live on the beach in Sydney, in Bondi. So I spend a lot of time in the water as well. Very cool. Very cool. And any consig employees that heard that point about not answering emails after 5 p.m., we do not have that policy <laughs> in this organization. <laughs> Um, no, but that's amazing, though, and it's great to be able to that, you know, an uh, organization is forced to have work-life balance as well as a policy. It's, 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 it's awesome. So it is, yes. Burnout can, is, look, in, in an industry where it's, it's a lot harder to attract talent than to attract clients, that becomes, the actual talent becomes your, your main resource that you have to protect, not the clients. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, definitely agree there. <laughs> so now that we're 
wrapping up the podcast, I mean, what is the one last thing you want to say to the world? How do people reach you? What is the the full plug? <laughs> That's a great question. I think uh, how would people reach me? I think if you're if you're work for a business or if you are in a business that wants to get into uh, the web three space, uh, hit me up uh, on on LinkedIn for sure, or find me through the website. It's uh, invent.adam.com. Thanks so much for joining us. So this is Johan Polhem from Adam, Executive Director of Content. Thanks so much for joining today. Thank you, William. Thank you. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this Consig Fireside Chat podcast episode. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of any future chats. You can also check out our website at www.consig.com for more details. Consig, the world's first and only sales mercenary organization.